to communicate to us, but we're too busy to listen. For instance, what if God has written us an important message on this paper? Can you read it? Neither can I. We can't receive God's messages when we're too busy and distracted. Today, we are talking about listening to God. Learning to listen to God is something that's immensely important for all of us because God has important things to say. In Psalm 46, verse 10, God says, Be still and know that I am God. So, it's hard to be still when we're too busy and distracted, isn't it? So the first step in listening to God is to take time to be still and to give Him our full attention. And don't let anything get in the way of that time between you and God. After you've set aside some time, the next step is to have a place where you can be quiet and free from distractions. It might be a corner of your bedroom, or it might be a comfy chair in the living room. I know sometimes I am so distracted that I actually have to go sit in my dark closet. God doesn't mind meeting with me there. After all, he met with Jonah in the smelly belly of a fish. The important thing is that you find a place where you can be alone. And then the next step is to let God in. God speaks to us through his words in the Bible and through the Holy Spirit. So when you're sitting quietly, spend time reading God's word and then close your eyes, cover your ears if you have to, and just enjoy being in God's presence. That is when the Holy Spirit can relay God's messages to you. You see, the Holy Spirit is kind of like this lamp. The Holy Spirit illuminates God's words for us. Now, can you read God's message? You are valuable and loved by God. That is a message we don't want to miss. So learning to listen to God takes time and effort, but it's worth it because really there is no one more important for us to hear from. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you always want what's best for us, but we cannot know what that is unless we can hear from you. Please help us to form the habit of taking time to listen to you so that we can recognize your voice and receive your important messages. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Our current sermon series, Off the Map, is about how when we're living in uncharted territory, Jesus' call to love God and love our neighbor still never changes. So we're taking time to take a practical look at how we do that well as Jesus' people in a time such as this. And when we're in uncharted territory, it's good to know that God knows where we are and that he will be faithful to lead us if we will listen to him, which is actually what our topic is all about today. In our Off the Map series, we've been learning some tangible habits of daily discipleship from a book called Surprise the World by Michael Frost, based on methods that Jesus used in his daily ministry. And the first two habits we talked about were very active ones. The first habit was blessing. 
we were asked to look for ways of how to intentionally bless three people every week. And then last week, we learned from Pastor Darren about how Jesus used the habit of eating with people to impact their lives in kingdom ways, to form relationships, to celebrate, to tell stories, to restore relationship and ascribe worth to people. And we were challenged to find ways to intentionally eat with three people each week to do those same kind of kingdom things for others. And eating with people can be a challenge during COVID-19 season, but there are ways to meet outdoors, connect over a picnic, even call someone during mealtime for a conversation. And maybe your way of blessing someone this week is to share a mealtime with them. With both of those challenges we've had so far, though, they were all about us doing something, about our actions. So the extroverts among us are saying, yes, give me something to do with people. But our discipleship actually needs a corrective here. It can't be all about action and no reflection. And that's why our challenge today is not about us doing something, but about us taking the time to listen to find out what God is doing. Our discipleship challenge today is to set aside some time each week to be intentionally quiet and listen to God. So now I can imagine you introverts saying, finally, one in my wheelhouse. (laughs) And it's true. This kind of praying we're talking about is not talking at God. Now, he does like it when we do that. He wants us to know that we can share our hearts with him. We can bring him anything. But this is a different kind of praying. Because relationships take both talking and listening, and it's important that if he is our Lord, we're actually letting him lead us and not just informing him where we're leading ourselves. How many times do we get all gung-ho about something and run off and get stuff done without actually asking, Lord, do you want me to do this? Listening is course correction. And honestly, if we claim to be following the Lord, it requires we not be the one out front. And in our blessing week, we spent some time looking at the call of Abram from Genesis 12, if you remember, and something really stood out to me when we were studying that. In those verses, almost all of the action is God's action. God says, I will make you into a great nation. I will make your name great. I will bless those who bless you. There's only one thing Abraham is asked to do. Go from your country to the land I will show you. Start walking. And the next part is assumed, listen to me. Listening is not optional in this call because God does not tell him where he's going. He doesn't say, go on to Egypt and then check in with me when you get there. He says, start moving, and as you go, I'll be telling you the direction for your next step and the next one, and then when you've arrived where I want you to be, then I'll let you know. Abram literally couldn't do this without listening to God. Obedience to this God cannot be lived without daily relationship. That's on purpose. Because God doesn't just want our obedience. He wants our hearts. He wants us to know him and to know that we are known by him. So the life that he calls us to is step, listen, step, listen, step. And learning to listen is just as crucial as any action we might take. So how do we learn to listen? What does this look like? Well, as always, the very best example is Jesus. If there was ever someone who would already know the right things to do, it would be Jesus, right? And yet, over and over again in Scripture, when Jesus starts getting busy with ministry demands, he intentionally finds time to get away from the crowds to listen 
for the voice of God his Father to ask, what do you want me to do? And Mark 1, 34 through 35 says, And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And then in Luke 5, 15 through 16, yet news about him spread all the more, so crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. The more active things got, the more doing was on the docket, the more Jesus prioritized time alone in prayer with God. And why did he do that? Because he obviously needed to. And the busier that we get, the more tempted we are to think we need to be setting the course, when in reality, that's when we need most to hear what God is saying for the next step. In that passage from Mark, the disciples came and they found Jesus and they told him, hey, there's a whole crowd gathered who wants to see you. And Jesus' response to that was, no, that's not our next step. We are supposed to move to the next town. Now, these disciples' suggestion, that was a totally logical one. You're here to teach people. Here's a whole bunch of people to teach. But that was not the Father's will. So Jesus left to do what the Father was asking. We're never going to know why, but God does. And Jesus was modeling for us how we live by faith. It's not always going to make sense to the people around us when we learn to step, listen, step, listen, step. But if Jesus needed to intentionally take time to do this, how much more do we? I'm pretty sure he was a lot better at listening on the fly than I am. <laughs> we listen because we need his direction, but also because that's how relationship grows. Because doing stuff in the Lord's name or for the Lord is not the same as doing stuff with him. Just like doing stuff for someone else in your life is not the same as doing stuff with them. Those things create a whole different relationship dynamic. The first one is sensational. It quickly all becomes about us. Look what I am doing for you. The second is relational, and it becomes all about him being present with us. The first one, doing for, points people to us. The second one points people, including us, to him. So the very best things that we can do, if they're done without him, are spiritually meaningless to the only eternal thing that matters. And to, point, to that point, of all of the scriptures in the Bible, the one that I find most scary is in Matthew 7, where Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. You see, trusting in our actions, even actions we intend to do for God, is actually a form of idolatry because it puts us as the actor and God as the observer. That's not what he's asking of us. We can only do the will of God the Father if we're in relationship with him. 
He is the solid foundation, not our actions. And if that's ever unclear, this passage shows us working miracles, casting out demons, actually means nothing if I never knew you. Haunting words. There's no point of living your life for the Lord without the Lord. So what does it take to actually know the Lord and to know that you are known by him? Well, first of all, it takes acknowledging that saving faith is not about our actions, but Jesus' actions. That Jesus has already done the work to establish this relationship with you. Before you even took your first breath on this earth, Jesus did the redeeming work. He died and rose to adopt you into his eternal family. We are born both of body and of the spirit. Jesus says in John 3, Jesus' death and resurrection is what is needed to reconnect broken people like us back into the holy God who's always loved us. But we can let our sins stand between us and this saving grace. We can refuse to receive what he is freely giving us in love. We have a God who has moved heaven and earth to give us this opportunity to know him and be known by him eternally in relationship with him. But relationship takes willingness to open your heart, an honest confession of your need for him. It takes willingness not just to speak at him or act for him, but to listen to him, to work with him, to let him be Savior, Lord, King of your life to let him lead you into eternity, to do for you and in you what you can never do for yourself. Have you ever had a friend who does all the talking and never asks you anything about you? Do we ever ask, Lord, what do you want to say to me? How are you feeling about all of these things? Show me your heart. Our God is a relational God. When was the last time you intentionally listened for what he wanted to say to you? There is something the Holy Spirit of the living God can only do in us when we quiet our hearts of all of our doing and our shoulds and our musts and we just be with him. In those spaces, he shows us that we are all precious to him, that we are all broken, that we are all wounded, that we are all irreplaceable. In a world that always seems to judge people by their doing, time listening to God resets the heart. Thomas Merton once said, it is in deep solitude that I find the gentleness with which I can truly love my brothers. Solitude and silence teach me to love my brothers for what they are, not for what they say. And when we find time to listen to God, we also begin to be reset by his love And not just for us, but for the people around us as well. We become better at doing the will of God the Father when we take time to hear his heart and remember his love. We're all called both to listen and to do, but this habit especially takes intentionality because listening is a vanishing discipline in our modern life. And developing the habit of listening to God is a way of telling the Lord that you don't want to miss the purpose that he has for your life, that you don't want to miss out on knowing him and being known by him, that you don't want to miss hearing his will for you to do with your brothers and sisters in the world. So how do we learn to do this? Well, as with anything, we commit to practice. 
And first of all, we need to set time aside, to block it out on your calendar. Because if you're like me, it's really easy to forget to do something if you don't make time for it on your calendar, to make it a priority. But when you do this, um, you know, when you know when this is going to happen in your schedule every week, then it will happen. And it doesn't have to be every day, but find some time every week to carve out to intentionally listen to God, whatever works in your schedule well. And then secondly, minimize distractions. Choose your setting wisely that's going to help you to hear. In Matthew 6, 6, Jesus says, when you pray, go into your room and close the door. Or if you focus better when you're on a walk or out in nature, find that place where you are intentionally able to listen for God's voice. And then three, be in the presence of God. Just be. And that is a lot harder than it sounds, <laughs> especially at first, to be in prayer and to listen for God. And I think you know this about your own mind and heart, too. And this last week in the dentist chair, I meant to practice this, to spend some time praying and listening to God. But under the whir of the dental tools, the 80s station started playing Girls Just Want to Have Fun. And I started thinking, oh, that was a really good movie. Sarah Jessica Parker, she was so young. And there was a hunt in there, too. Was it Bonnie Hunt or Helen Hunt? No, Bonnie Hunt was in Return to Me. Helen, that was Helen Hunt. That, I wonder what that guy was in that movie. Was he in anything else? I should IMDb that when I get home. And then I'm like, oh, prayer. I'm supposed to be praying. <laughs> Sorry, Lord. <laughs> Does your brain ever do that? Like it's full of squirrels? I think it's a really good thing that love is patient and kind and that our God is love. How do we unsquirrel our minds when we want to be with God? Well, if I'm home, uh, something that I often do when some things come to my mind and I'm trying to listen to God is I'll write them down. I'll just write the errant thought down and I'll say, I'll come back to that later and then I can listen more for what God is saying. If I'm not somewhere where I can write something down, uh, I'll imagine a river and I'll just send the other thought down the river and away from me. If I have a hard time quieting my mind to listen to God, sometimes scripture really helps me focus in on just being with God because it gives my mind a place to start, a place to start listening. And David was a man after God's own heart, and I find Psalm 131 really helpful of getting me into the right heart space. So you can use his prayer if you need some help. I'm gonna read Psalm 131 here for you. It says, my heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me, but I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. I'm going to read that again in a moment and invite you just to be with God, to imagine his loving presence with you. And when you're in that quiet heart space, then ask the Lord what he wants to show you and listen for it. And it might be in words, it might be an image, it might be a feeling, but what matters is that you're there and the Lord is there. And he knows what your spirit needs and it will most likely look different than the person beside you needs. So place yourself in this heart space. My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have calmed 
and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. What is the Lord saying to you? Meditating on a passage of Scripture is a good way to start off intentional listening. But there are other tools that you can use, too. A manual prayer is a way of using the tool of your imagination to help you hear from Jesus. A manual means God with us. And we are a visual people. We're people of TV and movies and images, so it sometimes can be hard for us to connect with a God we can't see when so much of our information comes in that visual language. But thankfully, God has given you the tool of your imagination. God often speaks in dreams and visions in the Bible because a picture is worth a thousand words, and he knows how we learn. It's the same reason why Jesus told parables. We often need an image in our minds to help us receive and unpack the fullness of what God is saying to us. And when God sent his son Jesus physically into the world, we could see what love looks like for us in the sacrifice of the cross. So in your listening to God and asking him what he wants you to know, he might give you an image instead of words. That's another way he speaks. And in manual prayer, you start by thanking and praising the Lord for who he is in your life. Just remembering what you love about him and speaking that to him, either out loud or in your mind. And once you remember who your God is, uh, then begin to picture, imagine Jesus with you in the room, wherever you are. And just let that slowly build the understanding of where Jesus is in the room present with you, uh, where he's sitting or standing, uh, what, he's, what his facial expression is, what he's um, looking at. And then once you come to that place of being able to picture Jesus, ask him what he wants to say to you. And then spend some time just in listening until he shows you or tells you or releases something in you. As we ask the Lord to speak, the Holy Spirit cooperates with our own spirit to help us connect to Jesus' redeeming love for us. That's the Holy Spirit's job. In John 14, Jesus says to us, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Our Lord desires that you know that he is with you. 
He desires that you are with him in his good purpose for the sake of the world. And so he calls us to listen, to intentionally put ourselves in his hands to be shaped and reshaped every day to look more and more like Jesus in relationship with him. Jesus' death and resurrection purchased our adoption, opened the way for us to know him and be known by him forever. Not because we do the right things for him, but because in love we are with him. We cooperate with the Father's will being done in us and through us for the sake of the world. We are in him and he is in us. He works in us. That's the only way that it works. Listen, step, listen. Step. Listen. So your step this week is to intentionally make the time to listen, to find time with him out in a favorite park or while taking a walk or alone in your room to let the Lord show you his heart, to show you your next step, not for him, but with him, because that's where you'll know his love for you and where you'll see his love for the world, and that will become the foundation of all of our action. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we know what love is because you loved us first, because you showed your love in action, responding to the will of God your Father by putting it into practice. So Lord, we pray that you would teach us to love like you and to listen like you. You sent your Holy Spirit to strengthen us and lead us. So Lord, teach us to prioritize hearing you as we walk with you every day in this world. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We are in a posture of listening. In that posture of listening, we want to hear from Jesus. And the Lord's Prayer is a prayer that Jesus taught his disciples, but before he taught them this prayer, he told them, the things that they shouldn't do, kind of addition by subtraction. So as you can imagine, the disciples, just visualize this with me, the disciples sitting around Jesus, and Jesus looking at them and saying, now this is how you should pray. I imagine in that moment, every one of those disciples was on the edge of their seat. What are you going to say, Lord? I want to be sure that I hear this. I want to know exactly what you are sharing with me. Let me tune in and hear. So as I pray through the Lord's Prayer, I'm going to pause and just give us a chance to listen to this great prayer that Jesus teaches his disciples and is teaching us. Rather than just reciting it, let's listen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us 
our trespasses.